Welcome, everybody. It's time for another Hollywood Godfather podcast. I cannot wait for this one. Old friends, new friends, let me, first of all, say hello to my partner, Patrick Picciarelli. How are you? Everybody good? If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have a book or a podcast. Next <laughs> next is the Millennium. Millennium. Easy for you to say. I got my alphabet soup mixed up today. Um, Megan. Haran. 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 Hooray. Haran. Now I got it. Haran. Haran. You got it. All right. Here we go. Tonight's topic, which we've gotten mail on, uh, I've been a friend of her mother, her, and uh, I think her whole career has just been rejuvenated by Halston, which I think is an amazing Netflix five-hour series. And we could have Megan tell us all about who produced it for the people who don't know because this guy's accolades are amazing. And then we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Ryan Murphy, I mean, I'm familiar with his, I'm pretty sure he produced the American Horror Story series. Right. Um, so he's done a lot of, of very well-known and very well-received productions. So he was the executive producer. It was directed by Daniel Minahan and created by Char White. Um, and if, for people who aren't familiar, um, Halston, Roy Halston Froek, um, mostly known as Halston, was a minimalist, like clean fashion designer um, in the U.S. in what would have been the 60s and 70s, correct? Mm-hmm. He went into the yes. Oh, no, really? I mean, he went into it, but when he started, he was probably the first really American designer recognized through all throughout the world. Right. So, um, yeah. So, Pat, do you want to tell us a bit more about what you thought of the series? Well, it was great. Uh, a little bit graphic. Uh, I mean, this is cable TV, you can do anything. And uh, truthfully, to fully examine Halston's life, he had to go into all aspects of it. And his uh, sexuality drove him. I mean, he was in an uh, industry uh, where gay people uh, 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 had control of it. And he was uh, he was wild. He was reckless. Uh, he was full of himself. He was talented. Uh, he wanted to be the first American designer recognized by the industry, which is basically uh, headquartered in Paris. He, he, he wanted to be a, a worldwide name, and he was unrelenting in, in that pursuit. And along the way, he developed some self-destructive habits, uh, the, the main one being uh, indiscriminate sex, uh, prostitutes. Uh, these are all, he was gay, so male prostitutes, uh, but uh, AIDS hadn't been uh, even thought of yet. AIDS came right. in, in, in the late 80s. I mean, it was probably around before that, but, if, you know. The, yeah, they didn't know what it was. Fred had to find patient zero, find out what it was and all that. But anyway, uh, Liza Minnelli, who was the subject of our podcast. But, uh, before we get there, though, I want to know how you two, especially you, Pat, being so far left on some of this stuff 
and Megan, who has to grow up in it. I thought the, the sex was overdone. I don't think it needed to be done. Well, yeah, well, it didn't have to be. Uh, but, you know, they they had to compare it to something. There was a, a, a Netflix uh, miniseries on Liberace about five years ago. Michael Douglas played Liberace. I remember you know, that, actually. Thing. I mean, you know, his, his uh, gayness was part of his act. Only he didn't admit to being gay until he took his last breath. He never did it. Gay. I was very close to him. I knew him yeah, well. Yeah, but I mean, he, he, it, it was obvious with him. But, right. uh, you know, it, you can do anything you want on cable, and whether it should be done or not, they're going to do it, you know, just for the shock value. Well, I yeah, always turned I, it I, off, tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm just a prude when it comes to that. Well, and you know. I almost uh, shut it up. The first, first ep- and second episode, I said, I don't want to watch this. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, they could have done it, but they overdid it. Yeah. I uh, yeah, they could have suggested it. A right? suggestion, or even uh, one scene would have been fine, or a prelude to a scene, and whatever right. occurred off camera occurs off camera. But we all but have it, an imagination. Yeah, everything was uh, latent, uh, explicit, and on camera. I think. Uh, about at least three or four, maybe five right. uh, sexual scenes. Megan, how'd you feel about it being a young lady like you? I mean, it definitely has the shock value, but I think that sometimes adds to the content. I'm sure there's a, you know, viewing group out there appreciates that being shown as explicitly as it takes place. And and you you were okay with it? Was you know, I'm directing it to you. I was like, yeah. I was thinking about you, and I yeah. said, I asked her to watch this. I hope her father doesn't get mad at me. <laughs> no, I mean, don't worry. I mean, no, that's how guilty I got, really. In fact, no, your was, father, your father reached out to me. I haven't called him back yet because I wanted to talk to you if he said anything about it. You know, to, to, to be to be fair about this, part of his persona was his uh, wanton, wild, and reckless sexuality. You can't really explain that. You know, I mean, to, to wind up where he was, AIDS. Uh, you know, you can't you can't show one monogamous relationship. I mean, he was just all over the place. Oh, I so know. It, yeah. it had to be shown, I guess. I mean, okay. uh, it was. But what I think what really got him, him in trouble was the coke. Oh, my God. Yeah, later on. that was. Because you, you lose all inhibitions with that stuff. And uh, your, your sexuality is increased. And, uh, I mean, you, you and I were, smoking, were speaking, Johnny, before we went on air uh, about Studio 54. And I was there a few times. You were there probably a lot more than me. But. That was like, uh, as I described to you, my impression, that was another planet. Oh, my God, yeah. And uh, any, I mean, uh, open sex, they had this giant Coke spoon. I mean, one of the times I was there, that would fall from the ceiling every 20 minutes to remind you that it was time to take a hit, like you needed to be yeah. reminded. Yeah, hello. <laughs> you know, it was like a, like, like a 10-foot Coke spoon. And, uh, I mean, I, I went in there. Uh, well, tell them who you were with. I was with Yoko. Yoko. Well, that's big. Not like you were on the beat and snuck in. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't have walked in there off the street. First of all, they wouldn't have let me in. You know, but, uh, but uh, yeah, there was a uh, music studio across the street from the Hit Factory, directly opposite Studio 50. And she liked to record there uh, because she, you can drive a limousine right off the street, over the sidewalk, and into their elevator. Train elevator, take them up. Which, which accommodated 
uh, stretch limousines. Well, they, they built it for that reason. That back during the 60s, 70s, and 80s, the hit factory turned out more hits. And yeah. they, they loved the idea of the security. You never knew who was going in. No, you have to get out of your car. Yeah. And I, at that time, she was very security conscious. She lost her husband. You know, uh, even though she carried a gun, I don't think people are aware of that. Uh, well, she was licensed by New York Billy right after that. She wanted, after John was killed, you would figure the last thing she'd want to do was go anywhere near a gun. But she prevailed. Uh, well, she applied for a carry license. And like everybody else, she got turned down. And she went to uh, the then Mayor Koch, who was a big fan of hers. And, oh, you know, he was a, a bit of a celebrity hound himself. Uh, he, he got her the, the carry permit overnight. And she carried. Oh, yeah. I know she did. And I, yeah. I mean, it's like, to me, Bobby De Niro has them. We all, we all have them, but I wouldn't carry it because I'll, I'll use it. But, I mean, I could see there's certain people that should not have them. I'm glad no. they never gave one to Alec Baldwin. <laughs> well, they gave one to Howard Stern. I was in Well, that. that's a long time ago, though. Yeah. Yeah, well, he still has it. Uh, oh, yeah, as long as you don't violate it, it's yours. Well, you know, I, I, I wound up in a, as, as head of investigations for uh, uh, carry license holders, civilians, who got uh, in shootouts their gun. And invariably, you'd come to work Monday morning, and there'd be a pile of incident reports because all this shit happened over the weekend. Right. Pop a couple of cocktails, they display guns, they shoot guns. Or the worst case scenario, which happens a lot. Goes off people, accidentally. <laughs> they get their guns taken away from them and used on them. Because, oh, wow. Because they, they, they draw their guns and they start to threaten. Another step, and I'll shoot you. Yeah, they could, somebody's going to take the gun and use it on you. Yeah, hello. If you, well, I don't have to tell you if anybody had uh, yep. read our book. You take out a gun if you are justified in doing that and you use it. You don't threaten because you're going to wind up getting beaten to death or shot with your own gun. Right. Anyway, we're, we're going far off. Yeah, we're going too far off uh, of Holson's uh, design. He did, not, he did not design holsters, even though his name was Holston. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very time. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about women's fashion. Uh, from what I read, uh, the reviews said the the uh, depiction of him was accurate. And the actor who played him, who was that again? Was that Andrew McCarthy? Uh, and that, you know, he's a, he's an Englishman or an Irishman. He, he has a heavy drawl, so he did an unbelievable job. Was that Andrew McCarthy? I have no idea. No, it was. was. Hold on, let me find out what his name was. And that's why he's getting the accolades because everybody His knows. His name was Ewan, Ewan McGregor. Oh, you, Ewan McGregor. Okay, yeah, I always get those. Stuff. Ewan, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal act. But there's a lot of English uh, actors can put on a, an American accent. Uh, you know. No, but I, I could lose that guy yeah. as, as a New Yorker two minutes. Yeah, well, a lot of the actors on the Law and if you ever watched Fire, on HBO, the, the star of that played a uh, an out of control detective uh, with a uh, with a Baltimore accent. He was British. I mean, there's a whole bunch of British actors. Oh, my. from uh, Mare of Easttown, which is out right now. Um, oh. Kate Winslet, Mare of Easttown. Okay. It's supposed to take place in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. She has like a Delco accent. She's obviously British. Yeah, they can do that. A hard time speaking English. I don't know how they speak. <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, no, but I would, 
my 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 situation with him watching it because I didn't really never follow the guy. I mean, I wasn't buying ladies' clothes. But the interesting thing about Halston, I didn't realize he had so many failures in the beginning. That whole Bergdorf line went right down the drain. I'm shocked that he got financed after that because there was so I many. Know that when when you know you put out in, in his position, you put out a line. You get reviewed at times like it's a play. Oh, yeah. Those reviews make you or break you like a play. I know. Reviews, you're out of business for that particular line. Now you got to wait till next season. I, I know. know. And I knew Bill Blass. I knew a lot of the great designers just because of the, being in the film business and a lot of them being in Vegas because, you know, as we, we found out, you know, they do wardrobe for stars. And, um, I forget the, good, the one that Carol Burnett used forever. And um, that's how she got that curtain rod dress that she wore. Oh, yeah, very, right. Very, very, yeah, very, yeah, very funny stunt. But that I was remember. truly a major, major um, designer. But, okay, uh, so when, when, when he was approaching rock bottom, Liza basically saved him. Yeah, yeah. She, she went over and did the concert. Not not realizing that he was going to share her, he just wanted to use her to announce his line. But the guy put up all the money. Said, "Wait a minute, she's going to." And and I I love that. I tell you, out of all the show, I love that piece. It was done really well. Which part? The the dramatics of the the top oh, designers yeah, yeah. showing their line and who who got applause, who didn't. It's it's always an interesting. Not being in the fashion world, which I am, but I'm not, you know, competing. I'm just coming out with my line, and fortunately, I got two major houses bought it already. But uh, I, I guess I got to stop saying I'm not in fashion. I'm in fashion now. La, La Cosa Mia by Gianni. <laughs> but if, if I lost that kind of money that these guys did, I, well, I, well, he wasn't losing his own money. That's therein lies the problem. Why no? But yeah. there, that lies the problem. Who else is going to come up with the next money? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's I. I was uh, equating it with uh, with uh, uh, Broadway. Same thing. Oh yeah. Out of business and not get back into business overnight. But the force of his personality always was was able to get more backers and more backers. But Liza Minnelli entered his life at a very crucial time when he was really going downhill, and he really loved her. Yeah. And uh, without her, he would have been... Uh, I think it would never happened. No, he would have been ruined a lot sooner than he he ruined himself. But uh, did you know anything about that relationship? You were close to Liza. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, she was close to all of those guys. I mean, she, I mean, you know, she's very varied in her selection of people. Oh, look at the guys, the last guy she married. Hello. Queen of Queens. Yeah. But... Uh, was that? I did security for that wedding. Oh, did you? Yeah. That wedding was an. an, an it, uh, it was I, a, I didn't have the. I, to make it clear, I didn't have the contract. Somebody else had it, but it was. Uh, it was in a church downtown somewhere uh, on the 15th Street, 16th Street. I forget where it was. Mm -hmm. uh, it would do too much publicity. Well, they, they wanted it. They sold it. Of course. They they uh, made a million dollars each more net. On that wedding, and they're both yeah, needed. They were selling. They were selling rights to the wedding. People magazine. And, oh yeah, 
First but, pitches, but, second him. pitches, and everything. I, there was more security, I think, than there were invited guests. I mean, people trying to crash. I was on the outside of the church. I mean, I saw her, and I saw the guy she married. I mean, that's the first uh, uh, <laughs> He could have flew in. I'm looking I mean, at her, and I'm looking at him. I said, what the hell happened? <laughs> Do you know anything about that, Megan? No, I don't. Oh, you would have. You would have. It didn't happen. It didn't happen too long ago. It's shocking. About thirty years. No. Oh. Thirty years ago. Her last marriage. When was it, Megan? No, thirty years ago. Double check. Yeah. Well, maybe she. Stand by. No, I mean. uh, She was married last to David Guest. Married in two thousand twelve for. 30 years, huh, Pat? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the marriages mixed up. Yeah, I was, you know what I was thinking? I was, that I was living in New York at the time, but I wasn't. No. I was living here. But I thought it was a while ago. No, it was big publicity. And every all her friends, close friends knew, you know, that what it, what it was about, especially with him. David was nuts. Had, oh, and still is. It's funny. One thing I one thing I didn't know about Liza um, until I was doing research for this, we never knew that she was married to the Tin Man's son. The Tin Man's son, Ray Bolger. The tin Man, the Tin Man, the actor Ray who played the Tin Man in in The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but Liza married his son. They met on the set. Her mother yeah, was I in the movie. That. I'm just saying, I never knew. I never oh. knew that. I thought that was a very interesting fact about her. How okay. times was she married? I think four. Four, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's I got engaged to her. I, I know. I got engaged How's to her just as a joke. But everybody, <laughs> uh, really, it was a joke. Was, uh, we went gambling, and I put up a thousand for her, a thousand for me. We were all at, at Caesar's Palace, Sinatra, everybody. We took the table, and we won. So we, I think we won thirty thousand. So I, was, I went to the cage and I got you know the thirty thousand. I gave a fifteen. So I want to take the money, buy me something. So the jewelry store in Caesar's Palace they're open twenty four seven, right at the end of the casino. It's very smart business. So we go in there, and we pick out a ring, and the jeweler said, "Can we take a picture of you and her buying the jewelry?" We thought for his for his wall. It was in the Inquirer that we got engaged at Caesar's Palace. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. But, hey, good publicity. Spelled my name right. I don't care. But then she was. Did a you huge... guys ever actually date? Oh, she, we hung out for months. She traveled with me. In fact, talking about her bailing out Halston, I was at a place called the Blue Max Room in Chicago, owned by some very heavy guys, Tony Accardo and all that. In, in the uh, Marriott Hotel at O'Hare. I had a 13-piece orchestra. And until I started saying who my guest stars were, you wouldn't believe it. They couldn't, I mean, you couldn't get enough people. I mean, there was no way to get them in. I had her one night, Sammy Davis another night, then she'd come back, and then it started to be like, Stars that were in town came in and I put them on stage. I think I went and sat in the audience listened to do numbers. <laughs> Every everybody came to the Blue Max room. It was insane, insane. 
In fact, I almost got arrested on that because they, they gave me the covers and a guy called, I'm going to talk about it now because Nick's dead. Nick Nitty was my partner. And then we went Monday and they didn't know he had like uh, Frankie Ballesteri and different people clicking the covers. So they, sh they tried to shortchange us. And the maitre d's name was Monroe. So they called him in and said, you know, Johnny has gone back, but we got to get this straightened out because I left that, that Monday morning. And the next thing I know, the FBI, a couple of days, come to my house in Vegas. And they wanted to know, was I at the Blue Maximum? Of course I was. Yeah, it was in all the newspapers. They, they had, must have had an argument, but there was a fire on Tuesday night. And Monroe got, just got out. He was tied to a chair as the place was put on fire. My God. I guess, uh, I guess somebody didn't give him a good table. No, they didn't give him the right count, and they would try to short change us. They straightened that out right away. <laughs> I said, you got to talk to my manager. They said, who's that? I said, Nick Nitty. They said, we, were thought, we thought you would say that. And that was it. Nick said, well, you don't know what he's talking about. I manage him. Yeah, I give him money. What, 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 what did he say? He said, no, they just said, talk to you. <laughs> but those were the days, you know, it was crazy. Is, is she still performing? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's, I tell you one thing about her. When she gets on that stage, I mean, not like her mother. Her mother, you never knew where that sound came out of this little body. Liza's got a voice that's, I mean, and, and such a performer, a timing. Is dancing. her personality as, I'm sorry, is her personality as big um, behind the scenes as much as she is on stage? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I yeah. saw her perform with Sinatra in the Westbury Music Fair. Oh, yeah. In the late 80s. Yeah. Uh, Sinatra, sort of on his way out by then, he forgot the lyrics. Oh, yeah, no. And they brought her in to replace Dean. I remember that show, because Dean was getting totally drunk over his son, and basically she carried the show. Yeah, she was, she she was a ball of fire. Yeah, she took over everything. But that, to answer your question, she I'm tell you right now, Megan, before if there's a performance, she's and I'll definitely take you as my guest. You oh, have, I would love that. No, you have to see it once. Everybody should I see absolutely once. Absolutely, would love that. You know, it's it's. Amazing. What did you think of the representation of her in the series? In the I love this girl. I mean, you could. I who knows? I knew what she, I met her when she was thirteen. I could lose myself. That girl got it down, man. Nailed wow, that's it. amazing. Especially when she was doing the rehearsal in Paris. I remember vividly, vividly, in that crude room where they tried to create that Eiffel Tower for her. That was from Cabaret, her biggest hit. And that girl nailed it. It was shocking. They changed the lyrics, but that song was Cabaret. And that was her big hit on, on, as a film, as a play, everything. Now, she, that girl's brilliant. But I'd, I'd like to find out who that, that I mean, we could find out who. But she's going to go places, but I don't know as Liza, but I mean, if she has a career on her own, but... Find out right her now. Name's, um, her name's Krista Rodriguez. Wow. No, she, I think she's done some small some small productions. I think this may have been her... This could be a big launch big for her. Break. Yeah. 
especially with Netflix and, and that, that production crew. Forget about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he met, uh, Halston met uh, a very sad end. Everybody deserted him, except for Liza. Oh, no, she's... She's she'll be there till the end. She's done that with a lot of her gay friends. I mean, really. It. Uh, we were worried about her because she was so. Um, how could I say? Um, laxed. Well, no, very laxed in her associations around people, and you know, using utensils that they used, and uh, we thought she was going to go off the deep end. But uh, yeah, well, they got you know to tell the audience I was at the height of the age crisis and no one knew how it was transmitted. Uh, other well, than oh yeah, yeah. Around people, AIDS. She didn't care. I mean, if she was your friend, she was. I know, but I mean, her and I had menage a trois. What? Not with yeah. guys, women. I will. I want to clear that right away. Because <laughs> somebody said it's ironic. Somebody. On, uh, Today, I'm on the street, because I, I did a long walk, and uh, I told them what I was doing tonight. And they, everybody I spoke to loved Halston, loved the whole production, great five hours. They think it should have been three hours. It was the, the, the third and fourth, they think they should have just cut down a little bit. But I don't I, know. I guess the, I'm just saying the producers, I mean, these are very astute people, but they said, I mean, they could not believe the, the, the realism of it. And uh, so my, my hat's off to, again, not that he needs our, my, our, my accolades or, or yours. I mean, that, uh, that, that one thing he did for the longest time, that, that horror thing that brought him to, uh, what was the name? American of Horror Story. That series was on like for four or five hours, uh, four or five seasons, and major oh, yeah. stars were yeah, in it. still on. Kathy Bates was in it, too, if my memory serves me right. Yeah, she, I she think was. she was on for a couple of seasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she had a recurring role. Well, that that's uh that's uh it developed into an ensemble cast, different story, same cast. Right, right. Yeah, Would they you... usually filter through the same group of actors, and each each season's a whole different concept. All have which to is brilliant, it. actually. Obviously, American Horror. It's very very oh, yeah. very I Hitchcock. Think they, like skip a year. Uh, they're, they're not on every. Year. I don't. I think because of the I budget. Don't think so either. And, and they make so much money. See, Netflix, that's what Netflix does. And that's why they don't even care about the Irishman, if it did well or not. Because when they have those kind of shows on, their subscriptions go to the moon. And most people don't cancel them. So with this Halston, they're, they're, I mean, they're publicizing this to death. I can't even imagine how many more subscriptions they got just from Halston. You know, Netflix doesn't give out their rating. You never know. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they don't. They, they, what, what, how their ratings are, are equated is by how much they make each year. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, the only uh, people who know are their advertisers. Right. They don't publicize the ratings. No. Right. It right. is interesting how, how nowadays Netflix originals, you know, get as much... Um, publicity and as much talk as you know, big studio productions. Well, they're spending as much money. Or film. They're spending so more many, money than the studios now. So many Netflix originals. I mean, I go to watch a movie, and I'm overwhelmed. This looks good. That looks good. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this. I mean, a lot of it's bad, though. 
you forgot what you what you were looking at because you're looking at something else. I mean, they have to put out sixty something movies a year. Yeah, but see, and that's I mean, I think it's even more than that. I think the yeah. number's bigger than that. But but it's giving you an opportunity to one guy who I really like, Paul Bugazi. This guy who's been trying and trying, and he's always done great B movies. He's he's asked me and invited me so many times, but I'm too busy all the time. But now he's get he's getting some accolades because it's like anything else, you stay in the game long enough, your stuff's gonna get better. And uh, so I, I mean think Netflix has really helped the production produces more, as much as the you know, people in front of the cameras. So, I mean, my hat's it's, off to them. It's certainly uh, hurting uh, brick and mortar movie. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, today, I mean, I, I mean, I still don't know. I mean, everybody said, no, there'll always be people who want to go to the theater. I don't see lines in round theaters. I mean, the last year well, and a half, none of us did, but. I went yesterday. Well, you, you're an avid guy, though. You see, that's say. what I'm saying. I saw uh, A Quiet Place Part I really want to see that. Surprisingly, if you saw part one, which is very good, I'm thinking uh, once they get into the franchise, they're going to get progressively worse. But this is part two, and the production values were better. Everything was better. It's a, it's it's just it's not just a horror movie. It's a good story. Well, they probably got more money now. Yeah, they could, could now that they know, proved themselves. Oh, the first one took place in one location. This is all over the place. It's got quite a few locations. It's not gratuitous. They they worked everything into the store. It's very good. The theater uh, was, it was, this was an afternoon movie at, uh, I think I went to a 1.30 show. I say half the theater was filled. That's big. And according to projections, this is the first. On movie. a Sunday afternoon? On the holiday yeah. weekend? Hello? Yeah, this is the first uh, week that theaters are 100% open for the most part. The larger theater. Right. AMC, for example. Uh, they, they projected to do $60 million. Not too shabby. No, hello. After yeah. doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, zero to 60 million. That's, right? that's pretty good. That's a good increase. <laughs> but if you want to see it, Megan, I, I, I recommend it. I thought it was good. I absolutely want to. I love the first one. Um, one thing that I do want to ask you, Gianni, in particular, it's a bit random, but somewhat on topic. Um, one name that often is associated with Liza Minnelli, especially in the Halston series, is Bianca Jagger. Did you ever meet her or Mick? Of course. They were there every really? night. Bianca Jagger came one night on a white horse and nothing else on. <laughs> she wore a white horse. Didn't you know that? That's cute. She wore a white no. horse. She, she wore a white horse. <laughs> she wore it. At, at, at least the horse had a saddle. Probably more than she was wearing. No, no, she didn't have a saddle. No, she came bareback on that horse. Nothing else. Oh, yeah, on. okay. She made an entrance. How That's, long did that, she stay? Oh, no. And then she got off the horse and got to the booth. No, I mean, <laughs> not, but everybody, see, that's what Sunday nights were. Sunday nights, like, how can I top that? So you went there just to see who's going to do what next. It's crazy. It's, I mean, it, the things that went on there, it's, I mean, it's insane. You know, they, they, they had something in the Halston uh, uh, biopic where uh, they were showing Studio 54 being so popular. They used to pick and choose who came in. Oh, yeah, on the sidewalk. Forget about it. But anyway, there's one... Uh, Young lady, you look like you'd be in her early 20s from uh, Long Island. Actually got in through a building next door and was working her way through the ventilator system to get into the main part of the club, and she got stuck, and she died. Wow. 
found Ooh. her body about three days later. Actually, the, you know, she started to uh, to decompose. That's how they found her. Oh, my God. Yikes. Talk, yeah, well, talking about dying to get in. She gave it a new meaning. She she was above the uh, the room where all, all the celebrities were. Yeah, that's where everybody wanted to be in. Sunday night. She was going yeah. to drop through there. Didn't make it. Yeah, that was the top floor. That that top floor. I'll tell you, Ian Schrager, if people don't know who he is, he what he owns even today. The Delano, that's Ian Schrager. The hotel. I know, but I mean, some of his properties all around the world. I mean, he emerged from this, and some of them went to jail. And yeah, but I'm saying, some of them went to jail that were partners and came out. He went on to, to glory, and owns hotels and and, and still has that flair. I mean, I remember when I first walked into the Delano in Miami Beach, they had 20-foot flowing white curtains from the ceiling going out to the gardens. And you walk out, and the bar, without over-exaggerating, the bar from the building where you walked out to get to was at the end of this walkway, had to be 300 feet with a fountain you're walking to. I mean... I mean, he's, he does stuff that's so dramatic, but you never forget it. Whatever happened to his partner? His partner dropped out of sight. His partner's with the studio. That is, it was through, well, I, they all died. Some of them died of AIDS. All right. Yeah. No, I mean, me too, but Ian's still going strong. He, I mean, I, I've seen him, I believe he's done a lot of things currently, recently. I don't know if he's alive now. I mean, I haven't talked to him in like 10 years. Is Ian Schrager still alive? Our little fact finder. <laughs> Ian Tragus? Schrager. 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 S-H-A-G-E-R. Both saying at the same time, it's just all blended. Ian Yes, he is still alive. How old is he? He's 74. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Younger than me. He's, I mean, he's he's lived ten lifetimes. Me, I thought I lived a lot. This guy, forget it. And and all his habits. Hello. Yeah. All right. So um, I guess Liza's not calling. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really want to join us. I, I'm lingering, waiting to see her little screen light up. And Neil, if you're listening, her manager, thank you for trying anyway. I called in London, and that's who's managing. She's with United Artists, also in uh, L.A., and I call them. And all they say, which I, don't, I think they'll be going out of business soon, you call United Artists Agency, which is probably the biggest agency around, or one of them, and it said, we're working remotely. Please call your agent's cell number. Uh, but how about if I don't know that, and I want to hire one of your talents? <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like uh, our agent, Gianni. He hasn't been into his office in a year and a half. Oh, I know. <laughs> he called me Friday. I didn't know who was on the phone. Yeah. He had to remind me. Yeah. I, I, you know, I talked, me too. I called him last week or he called, whatever. I said, you know, it's over now. You, you, you can go back to work. He said, I'm not, well, he was a little more vocal than what I'm going to say, but yeah. I'm not going back to work. No. He said, He's he done. said, I'm the vice president. I don't have to go to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he house. was. He, uh, I, I think it was three or four guys put that together, that company. It was smart. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's happy. He oh, says, yeah. I win when I have to go win. The next words out of his mouth were, can you give me a pistol license? Yeah, I, mean, I know. Apparently, I can't speak from experience, but uh, it's it's really going to hell. Yeah. City. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hello. No. And he's, he's, he said, I, I can't even walk to the office without getting a costume. How do I get a gun? And I told him, who do you know? Next question. Well, yeah, because he's on 6th Avenue. Hello. Yeah. Right he's near the Port Authority. Oh, that's terrible right now. We're going to take a break, make some money, and come back with the mailbag. Today's show is being sponsored by Cordelione Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Cordelione Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco Extra Virgin Olive Oil, from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com. That's CorleoneFineItalian.com. Let's get into it. First is from Jason. Jason says, who is the most powerful mobster currently? Currently, huh? It's all according to you. T- it's all according to which one you talk to. <laughs> uh, there's some people out of Sicily I wouldn't want to mess with, and 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 Calabria. So, without mentioning I, I, their names, I, I think they're they're listening to meant this country. Oh, and everybody's on the down low. I mean, nobody's really yeah, yeah. But I I, I couldn't tell you actually. I mean, some families are more powerful than others over the last few years, but they're not broadcasting it like they did back in the day. And a lot of them are so legitimate, or in the legitimate businesses now, like Wall Street and other things, because they knew they could. Construction will always be big, huge for them. And so, so I, I really don't know. Well, you know, all, all my people are deceased, and basically I, I'm out of work. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Next is from Lawan. Lawan says, what is your favorite moment with Frank Costello that just made you mind blown about how he's wired? Well, I tell you, his, the thing that blew me away, it happened twice. Once I, when I, I went to meet Barry Schlotnick, and I had an, uh, an envelope that I knew nothing that was on it. And he said, you're going to meet this guy for the first time. Give him this envelope. And then he'll tell you from that. So I thought it was just bringing an envelope. I give him the envelope. He reads it, takes the money out, like ten or fifteen thousand, put it in his pocket. He said, "Sign here." And I signed, and he signed, and he gave me my copy. He said, "Now we can talk anything we want. You just retained me as your lawyer." That blew me away because I was like sixteen, seventeen years of age. I didn't know that protocol. Well, that's Frank protecting you, right? And then the next time he did the same thing, I'll tell you the day it was exactly. It was the 20, 20th of November. i just come back from New Orleans. It was a Tuesday night. Saw Carlos, and he told me it's on. I see him that morning. He tells me, okay. And he, not that he was happy to hear that. 
and he gives me this manila envelope, and he tells me there's money there, go to Layton's, buy clothes. You could be at the captain's table. And he said, I signed you on the ship as a hairdresser. I said, what? I don't want to do hair. He said, I didn't, you're not going to do hair. But I signed you on as a merchant marine as a hairdresser because then no one's going to know you left the country because they're not using your passport. That's, I mean, these, this guy is so brilliant. I left the country for 22 months and nobody even knew I was gone. But that's, I mean, as you being a detective, Pat, I mean, that's... Back in the day, you know, uh, prior to the Patriot Act, you know, the uh, rules were, 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 you know, loose and fast. But you're saying, you know, you have to have some tremendous pull. Oh, and he did. The waterfront. He controlled the waterfront. With the Merchant Marine. Did did you get a Popeye tattoo? No, no, no. In fact, when I got there, it's so funny because when I got to the ship that morning, I had my Gucci luggage, and I'm walking, <laughs> I'm walking to the crew. It said crew gangplank, which was on right almost pier side, and then they had the big gangplank, and I'm all dressed up, and I'm walking that way, and they go, whoa, whoa, sir, over there, you're going on over there. I said, no, I'm crew. They said, what? I said, I'm crew. Get me Captain Pennington. Then they figured he must know somebody. He was the captain of the ship. But uh, to answer the question, I think they were the two most brilliant moves I, as a young man, realized how sophisticated and how protective he was of me. And that impressed me. All right. Next is from Frank. Frankie says, Gianni and Pat, what Italian dish are you not a fan of? What Italian dish? Yes. Gina Lola Brigida, she's getting too old. <laughs> oh, food. Oh, okay. Food, food, food. <laughs> uh, that's a very difficult question because I really like it all. If it's fresh, I'm on board. Let me ask you a question. The, the one I hate. I, I want to know if you have even eaten it. Have you ever okay. eaten tripe? Yeah. And you liked it? Yeah. Okay. For our audience who don't know what tripe is, it's the lining of a, of, of a cow's stomach. You know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily the, the food item. It's the sauce, you know? <laughs> It must have been really good sauce because, oh, my God. I I, I truly never, as we would call it on the block, gravy. Yeah. I I don't think I ever had any Italian food. I didn't like them. trying to think of something. I I really can't. I like some things better than others. Did you eat gabuzel, the lamb's heads? I don't think so. Okay. In our house, they used to fight over who's going to eat the eyes. Well, that's where they get that expression he's looking at. No, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, gabut sales were a big thing, especially in uh, April and May. In fact, a, a funny story. I'm at the Sands Hotel, and Nick Nady just flies in from Chicago, and he has a case of gabut sales. And the coffee shop at the Stardust, I mean, they were all wise guys, but there was the Jewish side, and then there were the Italian side. And Nick Danoffo, Bobby Stella, all those guys, Nick brought them in for them to have because they were in season. So I'm in the kitchen in a three-piece suit at a bandsaw 
cutting these lamb's heads in half with rubber gloves on and a towel. And I have no, you know, I've done it a hundred times for my grandfather. This guy comes in, sees what I'm doing. He turns around, runs out the door. And as anybody knows, a kitchen, they have an indoor and outdoor. The guy hit the center post and knocked himself out. He thought I was cutting human heads up. <laughs> I mean, I've had pig's feet and everything else. I mean, I've... Gabut Sellers, if you do it right and bake it, it's amazing. Breadcrumb, a lot of breadcrumb. So I guess we like everything. I don't like, I don't like the uh, Udripa. It's called Udrip. All right, next is from Nino. Nina says, Gianni, do you know of anybody legendary from downtown Brooklyn slash Carol Gardens? Yeah, but I can't answer those questions. I'm in self-indicting myself yeah, or incriminating myself, as Pat would say. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people still around, but, you know, I, I knew of them. Most people don't realize I left New York City for the most of the period of my time, when I was 17, I traveled with, you know, getting JFK and then to Vegas. I mean, I, I used New York as a base, but I spent less and less time until many, many years later. But so, I mean, a lot of these guys that, like, you know, are around, like even Sammy the Bull, I knew the name. I never met the guy. I think I met him what once. The, Gianni, what about the Gallows? They come from that area around Carroll? No. no, they were from uh, Red, uh, Red Hook. Yeah, no. No, they, they, they were actually from the uh, Profaci family. And that's how they got in trouble because, uh, well, let's not get into that. But anyway, <laughs> moving right along. And he met his... Next is from... I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go, go, go. Yeah, we'll dwell, we'll dwell too long. All right. Next is from ASCII. Asky says, Gianni, when do you perform again in Little Italy? It was a pleasure to meet you there in 2013. Probably never, unfortunately. It's, uh, it's not the same. Uh, the people who are running it are not genuine Italians. That all had to do with our friend uh, um, Giuliani. He wanted to segregate it, and so they did. Now they have committees that run it. I mean, I know most of them, but, you know, there's guys that are running it that, you know, nice people, but... You talk about the feast? Yeah, the St. Gennaro feast. Oh, no, yeah. St. Gennaro feast, a, a major moneymaker, 10 days, and, and you used to have to buy the booths from the mob, and the streets, each street was controlled by a different mob family, so they, they used to make money, and people complained. And so now you go down there, and I was going basically... Uh, probably to the time she's talking about, that because I, you know, I still had relatives there, and, and I did the first Sunday night for years down there. First Sunday night, I was on stage, and had thousands of people. I loved it. Right outside, right outside of De Palos, and on the other side was Ferrara's Bakery. <laughs> Good place to be. Moving right, right along. Next is from Sebastian. Sebastian says, greetings from Canada. Gianni, how well did you know Louis Prima? Did you ever hang out with him? I hung out with Louis Prima probably every night at the Sands Hotel when Louis Prima, Sam Butera, and the Witnesses were the house band 
and they probably worked there, I want to say, 48 weeks a year. I never saw a better lounge show. I know, it's amazing. Best. I used to get tired watching. Particularly, uh, oh, they'd go on for three or four hours straight. I'm surprised that guy didn't have a stroke. I know. I mean, uh, energy on this guy. I know. Great guy. And Great guy. Well, at the end, he was no chicken. He was up there. In oh, no. And then when, when uh, then he, uh, he lost his wife, then Keely Smith jumped in. I mean, it was crazy. They, they never stopped. Great act. I, I got to know him really, really well. If and you haven't he, heard of Willie Prima, uh, download some of his music. Can't sit still listening. Oh, Just a Gigolo, all those great songs, man. And any song you think you may know, listen to his version of it. It's totally yeah. different. And the energy right. was totally different. Next. All right, well, that's all I have for tonight. Biddy, biddy, biddy. Okay. Well, we want to thank you all. And uh, what hour of this show is this one? 100 and what? This is 125. God bless them, man. Thank you all. We're on the air with 125 hours, thanks to you, your friends, publicizing us. Remember, we, we need reviews. People are watching us, and we want to come to every neighborhood in the world. And you can do that for us. Thank you. God bless. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. But be careful. Good night, Pat. Good night, Megan. Good night. But um If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be wrong. Oh, when it seems your friends desert you. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. I'll be around. Give me a call. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I want you to tune into Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you hear your podcasts. Remember, we put up a new show every Wednesday night. Special guests, special surprises constantly, and you can get involved. Hollywood Godfather Podcast.